Bolingbrook. Bolingbrook. We are right on the cover line between Will and DuPage County with our friend Steve Yurick, who was in grade school band, high school, all that with us. They're going to be able to find you now. You've given a pretty good location. Well, yeah. Uh, the drones are circling. I can I can sense them. We're being trailed. Uh, Jim Hosick is here. He's, He's working the boards today. Uh, he's got us hooked into uh, the back porch here. The zero-gravity chair has made the transition out here. And uh, we are going to, I don't know what we're going to talk about today, but it's going to be exciting. And uh, we've got another half an hour to fill or more. So we're going to talk about many things. So let's talk about... Well, we were janitors together in the yes. summer, for okay, sure. So, okay, so everybody had probably had like a summer job at some point. And somehow, I know how I got into this whole thing is because Dave, our uh, mutual friend, his dad was a janitor at this District 103 where Jim and I went to grade school. And uh, Steve went to District 103, too. We had seven schools, and the band program and orchestra program combined students of all seven schools. And somehow, I know Dave got the job first with his dad, and somehow I got brought into that. I think I was only a janitor for three summers. Uh, I want to well, say I was a janitor for six summers for sure. Steve had fewer places to go. Apparently, I think when it was it all through college though. All through college. Yeah. Right? See, I after the second year of college, I stayed at school all year round. So I started working at a gas station, um, restocking shelves and dropping things into the microwave to eat. Cleaning floors and redoing the gym yeah. floors. All of these. Wax right. Wax and polish. You got to use the buffer and. Mm -hmm. uh, there was some wiffle ball games. Uh, wiffle ball? We played wiffle ball in a school? Shockingly, uh, his name was Ray All. And I can say this now because I'm sure Ray's dead. He'd be about 160. Uh, he hurt his foot. And I think Mark, it was Mark Reem and I were a crew together. And one day we go we go to this job. You know, we ride our bicycles to the job. And Ray, <laughs> our boss, or so, a real janitor, comes up and says, Boys? I've hurt my foot. I have to go into surgery. So you're going to be left here in the school all by yourself. <laughs> so work real hard. And, you know, I'll see you guys in a couple weeks. We'll send some guys over to, like, help. And they sent Steve, and I believe it was Paco. That could have been. Paco yeah. Bolenauer, which is a whole story why they call him Paco. I do know. Um, so it ends up four of us. And so it ended up being a three-person wiffle ball game with one looking out the window to make sure that uh, <laughs> management wasn't coming for a quick test. Well, I remember I w we were painting. I was part of the paint crew on the outside. So we were painting on the roof the overhang, and we were in charge of setting up the scaffolding, which for a sophomore in high school going into junior year, like, I wasn't even sure we knew how to do that so first couple of times we just sent someone up to the top of the scaffold to see if it was gonna hold nice yeah yeah and then uh, yeah that would fill up your entire summer and you would work like seven to about three thirty. and i remember hurting my foot i think there was a, you filled a water balloon with this spall s-p-a-l which was a detergent so it wasn't just a water balloon, it was a spall ball. So we got hit with one of these suckers. I mean, suds are flying. And so I, I believe I was napping. No, I was being chased. and I Napping? Just, we I, usually got the people who were napping yeah, yes. in the no, line. I was not napping. I was running away from the nappers, <laughs> and I slid on the carpet, and I actually burned like a, a, like a, a hole in the top of my foot. 
by the sliding. And because it's on the top of your foot, it really hurt. It got aggravated and all this. And so I remember at one point, my mom dropping me off and she said, oh, I'll go pick you up or something. And she didn't pick me up. So I actually walked home from Custer School. It was about a good four to five mile walk. That was a good one. Um, but yeah, you, then there was the haircut incident where we, you know, cut Mike Anderson's hair. There was the... Wasn't uh, that a hot dog incident? There was a hot dog incident as well where he ate a hot dog from the hot dog luncheon that was about three months old for a dollar. And uh, he was one of those guys that would do stuff for money. Not a lot. Like the fuzzy pumper, he would shoot mashed potatoes out of his teeth for 25 cents. I mean, it was all... He had a sliding scale. You know, depending on how bad you wanted it and his uh, apparently his financial status. You know, so he would let you slide. So when he would do the fuzzy pumper, he'd be in a lunch and he would see some girls or something and literally this you know he was a mercenary for money you like mike give those girls a fuzzy pump <laughs> he paid this guy a quarter and he would you know i think he had to buy the mashed potatoes and a quarter i think is how mm. it went he put this whole bowl of mashed potatoes in his mouth walk over there and extrude it through his teeth mm. onto them that's uh, yeah you know like i said he's, sound mad fun. he's a respiratory therapist now i I met him at, I, he was in the emergency room one day when I went in there to get my finger taken care of when I cut through it with a knife, pumpkin knife. So he was there to help take care of me. So oh, Mike Anderson, you. yeah. Give you mouth to mouth. Did he? No. Um, so what do you remember about Orville much? Wow. Orville. Well, he was, I believe he was, wasn't he the ringleader of this whole thing? So he was the short guy with the truck. And as long as he was happy, everybody was happy. Uh, he yeah. wasn't happy. Nobody was happy. Right. So he was the one we were watching out for. Because if Orville showed up and we were playing wiffle ball, that would not be a good thing. And several times he did come in and we the game got called quickly and we had our mops and our buckets and, <laughs> oh, we're just mopping away here. Don't mind us. How many of the eight hours a day did you actually work? Well, I was on the original crew. I can't even think of the guy's name. He was in his last year. Um, Tom Dolezal? No, no. Tom Tolf? No. He was an old guy. Uh, Not Bill Verzal. No, I can't think George of George Hartman? No. I've named every old guy I know. You know, I can't think of the guy, but he died like six months after. Oh, Elmer. Yes. I was Elmer's last <laughs> intern. See, I knew it was a crazy name. I'm like, glue. I kept going glue. Elmer's glue. <laughs> he taught me how to clean a desk. That's and, quite a tedious yeah, and so cleaning, yeah. talk about the poetic justice. You actually cleaned the dust that you spent years dirtying up. Although I wasn't at Edison. I was at another school. Elmer Brenwald. Yes. And Elmer, do the desk right, boys. Just do it right. And he and I would sit in these rooms, not really even talking, but you'd work through 60, 100 desks a day. It was a proper way to clean this, and we'd stack them up and worked really hard. That was the first year. And then, yeah, he retired, and then, like, within three or four months, he was he was gone. He was taken from us so tragically. Yeah, he was uh, 64 when he retired. Yeah, and, and he retired for, for realsies like <laughs> six months later. And what do you remember of Ralph Mitch? You know, I don't think I had to work too much with her. I remember there being some, like, incompetence level with him. You know, like, literally there was, like, a disconnect. He wasn't the brightest bulb, I think, men uh, have ever seen. He has, he has been retired for several years, and he works at the Jewel in uh, Sydney. Doesn't that require like some sort of like a learning disability? He stocks shelves. Oh, yeah, but it kind of proves my point. Maybe you know he he. Wow, yeah, I, I mean, I remember working at several schools. Who was the guy? I can't think of his. He was younger guy. He had big beard. 
And we were at Lincoln School because they had the library with the air conditioning. And he would go away on his little motorcycle things on the weekend and come back on Monday. He's like, boys, I've had 20, and I need to lay down. And we're like, wow, you had 20 beers this weekend? He goes, cases. I was involved in drinking 20 cases of beer. And you're like, oh, my God. And, and he would literally go to the library. He's like, watch the door. And he would sleep from whatever. Like, we started at 7. He might wake up 10, 30, 11 He could still be working there. Yeah. He was young. Yeah. I can't uh, think of his name. It'll come. But, yeah, we'd, we'd hang out. And the first Every Monday was like, we got to go to the library. We're cleaning the library. Every Monday morning for six hours while he slept. And he would just lay on a table, or he'd lay on the floor between the stacks. Oh, I can't believe it. I know. I, I know. This is the problem with old age, Steve. No. Just, things just go away. It'll come. You see their faces, and then it just goes. And then, yeah, so we had it pretty good. I think the one guy had it worse was Dave. He had to work with his dad. Well, who that, worked with him there? Who would have been his partner? Because usually there were a couple of guys in each building. Yeah, I can't I can't think of it, because unless it was Perziki or somebody, because it wasn't any of us. That was like the death sentence because if you got signed there, man, because you had to actually every yeah, minute you had to. I remember work. Steve being over at Lincoln. Yeah, I think we just had it so nice because, with the especially with the wiffle ball tournaments, we'd work really hard like seven to ten, and there was a double header. There'd be like <laughs> ten to ten to noon would be one game, and then we would you know have lunch and then. I think Robinson was probably the best school to play wiffle ball. It had that nice short porch. Yeah, and... yeah, you could really park it. Yeah, and yeah, so it was the you know Paco, usually Paco and Steve against Mark and I. Yeah, yeah, those were fun days. Batting, batting away the summer, and then yeah, I remember the that one day you know with this Mike Anderson character who's very tall. He was like six two or something. He was very he had Marfan syndrome. He was like Abe Lincoln, very extended joints and stuff. He, uh, well, first he wanted a haircut, and he was complaining that the haircut was, you know, $6 or something. And he's like, that's too much. So Mark Reams said, oh, you know, I've got a hair- home haircut kit, <laughs> and let me go home at lunch and get it. We'll cut your hair. Oh. And so they wouldn't let us do this during work hours, you know. So we set this whole thing up. I don't know where we were at, in front of the school or something. And so the janitor stuck around because they wanted to see this. They basically put the apron on that guy, and I had the bib. Uh, Mark had, yeah, Mark was wearing the bib that had all the pockets with all the little attachments on it. And Mike's reading the book, and he wants like a number four, which is still like a legitimate clipper size, leaves you about an inch. So I'm, I might have given him the zero. I, I <laughs> that's, took it that's the opposite yeah, of four. We, we took it all. <laughs> I took all his hair off, and so he's going, oh. It's a little thin. I mean, the janitors are just roaring because it all came off. I mean, it was all gone. And so that was, we were working in Lions. And so by the time I got home on my bicycle, my mom's on the phone. And she's like, you know, talking, you know, talking to somebody. And she's like, so let me get this straight. My kid cut your kid's hair. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, so Mark did not use the trimmers he just gave the the attachment to the other guy who cut your son's hair well they're in college shouldn't shouldn't we let them figure this out like why are you calling me and it turned out it was mike's mom oh she did not like the haircut that he was given and thought like i don't know where we're gonna put the hair back or something and my mom's like it's hair dennis yes you are correct. I don't remember his last name but yes dennis was dennis crutcher dennis yeah yeah, Dennis. something with a K or something. Yes, you're right, Dennis. And then the other Mike incident was the hot dog luncheon. 
Uh, we came across a tray of hot dogs that had been in for three months. They were black. And, again, Mike Anderson was the guy to do stuff, so he wanted a dollar to take a bite. <laughs> Only a dollar again? It's... It's, it was a quarter for the Fuzzy Pumper. So, th- yeah, he, he marked <laughs> up. He needed money. So we all cough up, you know, our quarters or whatever. Same thing. Mark goes home at lunch to get the camera <laughs> to take a picture of this. And <laughs> we're all looking at this like, don't, you know, the janitor's like, don't do it. You're going to get sick. Don't do it. You know, they're very conservative. Mike takes a bite of this thing, and it was like those cartoons where the where the uh, cigar blows up in the guy's face. This hot dog exploded in Mike's face. He had black spores all over his face, and he's going to spit it out because it's horrible. I'm like, no, 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 no. We said a bite. Get the chewing. And we made him chew oh. that sucker. And he said it was like cash. It was just. <laughs> That's, I wouldn't yeah. do it. Good times. Good did times. It, did it smell? Like, I couldn't no, get past no, the it smell. No, it had no smell. It was well past that. This is fossilized. <laughs> this would be like, yeah, this would be like chewing on a, you know, ashen car tire. Or like, you know, something out of a fire pit. Like that. It was like charcoal almost in, in something. After my first summer, like, you guys were stationed out of school for most of the right, summer. Crew. But yeah. I get to be on the outside either painting or... I would be cutting the grass, riding the tractor, yeah, which was like a 1953 yeah, tractor. You were the chosen one, yeah. Yeah, so I got to at least do other things than just sit in a room all day. Yeah, I hated you for that, Steve, because, <laughs> you know, you got to go outside. We we were, you know, spall ball, and then we learned about Vauban. Uh, takes a uh, Vandalex. So Vauban is when you vomit in grade school. That's what they put down, vomit, uh, van. It, it's like, like sawdust to pick up the puke. And then, well, so you can sweep it. Yes, so you can sweep it away. Then the other option is called Vandalex. So when the kids write, uh, you know, Johnny loves you know Jenny on the wall, Vandalex is what you would take off the brick to uh, help remove that. But it really didn't. It kind of smeared it around, and you'd blend it into the – so you couldn't read it anymore. It would just be dark. We were painting windows at Lincoln, and every night we would put down the putty – because we installed a couple of new windows. Right. And then before we could paint it, we had to let it dry. Kids would come at night and scrape it all out. Why? And so we'd have to redo it the next day. And this happened for like a week in a row. And I said, well, why don't you put something in the putty like glass? So when they scrape it out, they get a little repercussion. And yeah. they're like, we can't do that. We're a public school. I'm like, all right. Well, I had a solution. But apparently it was too harsh for the public schools. Different times, Steve. Now they just electrify the window. You touch it, you die, and that's you know. We had a grade school teacher like that. This uh, when our we had Mr. Who was our? We had a teacher. Piker? No, well, Piker was a gym teacher. No, we had a principal, um, who actually died of a self-inflicted gunshot. Whoa, a principal while you were in school? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Why don't I remember? And we were told. We were told. He was cleaning his gun. Like, you know, now you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a way to put it. Cleaning his gun, and then kablamo. And so then we got Mr. Ms. Wiki was the replacement. So he brings us all. We talked about that last week where we had 44 kids and shoved into the auditorium. And he gave a very impassioned speech, which I really wish had been recorded. Now you would have it on your phone. You screw up. You die. You break a window. You die. (laughs) You vandalize the school. Yes. You die. Yeah. You act up in class. You die. You die. You die. Everything is you die. We're all like, wow, this guy seems to want to kill us. It's all- he was super short, too, Mr. Yes. Mizuki. 
And he had this whole you die thing going. And I'm thinking, you know, is he addressing anything in particular? I mean, it's the whole class. It's the whole school. He's given the eye. So the second grade kids are like, why is that teacher want to, why does the principal want to kill us? Who is this guy? And the eighth graders are like, go for it, old man. Bring it. You know, we'll see who's going to leave here. I mean, it's, you die, you die, you die. It's like, what the heck? Did they separate you guys, your class, by any particular way, alphabetical? Well, we talked about this I think there was, yes, I believe from academic standpoint, there was a culling of the herd. They, we, we had, out of our 44 kids, we had 10 bullies. Each class got five of those. <laughs> but, like, for math and science, I was not in Dave's class. So what, was I the chosen one or was Dave the chosen one? Hmm, let's think about this. I don't know. I guess it's like free agencies. Like, when two t- sides pick a team, right? So did Palm Renning pick? So she, Richard Jimmy, What grade did they together. split you in? Renning. We yeah. were see we followed her the whole way up. Right. And I had her for some stuff, but not all stuff. So we split us up from first grade. Oh. We had forty four kids. So, I mean kindergarten was yeah. two classes. You had a morning kindergarten and an evening kindergarten. So so they whenever they made this you know, and I'm I'm pretty <laughs> sure kids probably transferred from side you know, class to class occasionally, but not like lock stock. It was pretty much the twenty two got picked in first grade were the twenty two you rode with. Huh? So that's why when Jim and I a few months ago was we were trying to name the forty four kids, we only got the forty three. Whoa! I you could, could I could. There's no way I could name all thirty. It took kids us a my... couple times, and, it comes, and then it turns out it was this guy that Dave wrestled. We had wrestling, <laughs> and I'm looking. You know, oh yeah, I remember Joe Lobb was his name. Oh. So if you think Dave was a pacifist, you should have met Joe. Joe was like, I don't like Plato. Just just mold me because he. We we knew we didn't know his name, but we knew his attributes. He could never have spoken in class. He could nothing bad could have ever happened with him because he would have gotten noticed for that. He could have never, you know, been on any sports team band thing. Anything. He was a non-participant in school, but he was there every day. So he was. I mean, he might have been a crossing guard or something, but never. You know, everybody that's like we know, we were in band together, or soccer, or sports, or whatever. We were doing something, but there were a lot, there were so many kids in our class, like. 10 or 12 of them just go away. At the, you know, like, okay, good. See you tomorrow. Well, but 22 is manageable. Right. But it, it was tra- it's, uh, it's changing. It's like I had Dave for social studies, but not math and science. Ah, I think that was when uh, we hit the, uh, the upper, the middle school yeah, like section. Yeah, like seven, eight. Yeah, that's when we, we, they'd, they'd break us up. When you were in the regular classes, you, you, you were with everybody because everyone was taught the same. It wasn't until, yeah, 6th, 7th, 8th right. grade that they started breaking they, uh, The cream rises to the top or doesn't. Yeah. So I remember, yes, I was more of a Scott Dinga, John Gondos. We were all smart, though, Mark. We started out, we are all smart, and then you started eating the lead paint. No, I, I ate lead paint the whole time. No, I... <laughs> well, what I, were you best at in grade school? Being a smartass. So there wasn't a particular class that you enjoyed? Oh, no, I enjoyed art. We didn't really have art um, as a class. Music was tough because she was teaching treble clef, and I was a bass clef guy. So I really did sh- crappy in yeah. music because I, I got all the notes wrong. What we, is this letter? An A. And I'm like, no, that's an E. And she's like, no, it isn't. Like, it is. Who God. was your music teacher? Mrs. Lockett. We had uh, a Mrs. Turney, and she was young, and yeah. she let us sing like um, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. And, oh, hippie. Yeah, we got to sing oh, Joni no, Mitchell did. songs. We, did. Yeah, we, we had did. her. Didn't we have her? I don't know. We did, we did musicals and stuff, and we. I remember my, my sister was. Uh, what was it? Uh, what the heck was this? Uh, from uh, from cabaret. 
Yeah. Or something. And yeah, there was, we did a bunch of stuff. It's just that, you know, third grade, fourth grade, I'm just learning, you know, tuba, which is bass clef, and she's giving me treble clef quizzes. I'm like, sister. Oh, they never quizzed us on any of that. Oh, we no, mostly just learned to all sing. All over it, and I'm, yeah. I'm every time I'm getting it wrong, and she's almost like beating me, and she's like, "Get it right." I'm like, "You get it right." <laughs> I'm telling you, when I play that horn, that note is an A. I don't. You call it F. I, something's wrong here. And you know, and again, I'm M eight, right? I'm arguing with the teacher about music, people, and we were both right. But she's the teacher, and she couldn't understand that a tuba is in bass clef. Well, she's a piano teacher. What? What the hell would they know about bass clef? It's in the same music. Just when, you know, pianos at the top and bases at the bottom. But yeah, my uh, I didn't get to Lions till second grade and second and third grade. I had the same teacher, Miss Alexander, and she I kept in touch with her throughout uh, my life and hers. And wow. yeah, she just passed away at age seventy six. So I'm going to a memorial for her uh, at the end of July at Kiwanis Park. Oh, there you go. When she retired from Robinson, they had an open house, and the whole community came to say wow. how great she was. Yeah, no, we um. I mean, I don't think I excelled at anything except the, being the funny guy in the room. I mean, I I was a late bloomer, Steve. It was probably college before I learned how to do homework. So, you know, I was self-taught in that regard, too. But, um, no, I think having Dave as your best friend is a little much, you know, because your whole life was basically spent. Just gave up? No, I didn't give up. I had my own, you know, and again, now you would say I was into alternative ways of educating yourself, right? Because Dave was really book smart, but he didn't know the streets. You would not have Dave walking the street. He was totally ill-prepared for being out in the real world. I was out in the real world. So we were kind of like this offset. But my folks thought all you had to do was hit the books and you could be smart like Dave. And I kept saying, he's freakishly smart. Something's not right here. Because if I'm in the same, like, where did he, you know, he was fourth grade. We were walking to the band bus. And somehow my dad just got this Texas instrument calculator. He plugged it into the wall. Had eight digits. And Dave could multiply two five-digit numbers in his head. Whoa. And he'd always say, he'd give you the answer, you know, it's 165, I think. He was never wrong. <laughs> By the time I punched it in, he had the answer. My dad is like, this was taught in school. How can you not know that? I'm like, where was I? With the, you know, I basically hit happy with the multiplication tables up to 12 times 12 sir you're talking two five digit numbers here you're using a calculator you're mr slide rule you figure this out anyway we just teed off and it's like you got to study more look at dave i go that's not normal that and it wasn't i mean yeah turns out he was like rocket science i you know it's just so yeah i mean i got by well again my choices were be the dumbest smart kid or the smartest dumb kid. It was a clear line. I was in the class with the dumb kids, right? But I couldn't. I was dominant. I was fairly dominant because, like, like John Gondos and the Dingus of the world, you knew when you opened up a board game, you were going to win. You didn't know how. You didn't know what was going to happen. But if it's logic and you're one step ahead, you're like checkers. You think about the next move. That's one more move than that guy's thinking about. Yeah. But imagine playing a game knowing you're never going to lose. Like, hmm. What's the challenge, right? And they, they still wanted to play with you. Yeah, because they were nobody else would play with them. Because literally they were, you know, and Scott Dinga was the only child. I think everybody in our, in our class had siblings. Older, young, whatever. There was always some kind of, he was the only one I can think of. Maybe Jim Wersbicki. You know, Jim Wersbicki had a sister or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, 
so whatever you got in life, he'd have it better. Like Dave had, I think, a three-speed. He had this. We all had the the push bikes, right? And then he got a three-speed, and within a twenty-four hours, this guy thing had a five. Mm. Somebody got a five, he got a ten. Somebody got a ten, he got a twelve. And it was just in your grill. But he was the first one because I had this uh, Coleco thing when I graduated eighth grade or whatever. Um, it had uh, seven games in or something. He had the cartridge, the Atari 64, with the cartridges, and nobody to play with. Hmm. So this kid, again, in those games, had a single-player mode. You could play the computer, right? Yeah. That's all he did. So you go over there, what's a joystick? What's a, what's a, what's an AB? And he would clean your clock. Except in the one battle game where it was three fighters and one bomber. I would just take him diagonally, and there was something about the diagonals that made him like spaz out, and I could I could win that game. Otherwise, you could not win. He would just mop the floor with you. Well, I, when I was the only kid from my class that went to an algebra class at a different school in the morning, and then we would go to band before we went to our regular school. Right. So during my math class, I wouldn't actually have to do math. I could sit in the back, or I could go to the library, or whatever. So I would take the checkerboard. And I would play checkers both sides. And so I learned pretty quickly what moves you should be making and shouldn't be making. And then the teacher had a a tournament during lunch. Like you would stay for a few minutes instead of going home for your lunch. And you would play a game against somebody. And it was no competition. I knew all the moves you could make. It wasn't that hard. And so, yeah, it was uh, these are the the, uh... time well spent. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Voyages of the Starship Enterprise, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, so yeah, I would, but see, I also, we always talk about staying in your zone. So, like, Rich Jim and Jeff Costell were a zone. There was a zone on, like, Wesley, which was Christy Jindra. He'd go down a block as Jim Wears Bicky. Our zone was this Chuck Steffa, Dave, and I. The next block over, there was nobody. Oh, uh, the two girls, Nancy and, and Roberta. We're up north. And then after that was Scott Dinga and John Gondos on the same block. So I would bounce around all these groups. I was, you know, Dave would stay, stay in the zone. He didn't, you know, mom wouldn't let him go too far. I had a full range. I could go wherever I wanted. So I would hang out with these guys, you know, and I'd be on the soccer team with them or whatever. And so I got to see a lot more of the kids in the neighborhood. And it was, yeah, uh, spent a lot too much time with the Dinga guy. He It was a little creepy. Um, but... Yeah, he, wasn't he a successful military? Uh, his dad was. His dad was a CB in. Uh, yeah, he World didn't. Scott didn't go into the military. He I, did. Briefly, and, uh, he went to Southern Illinois, and he kind of didn't get invited. One thing I remember about Mister Dinga, he had the old German uniforms. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. he would bring those at yeah. school or something. Yeah, he had a something. huge collection of World War II patches. Usually, it was all the. Every World War II patch, because he was a CB, they were building things. Like, they'd build an airstrip or something in World War II. He, I think he was in the Pacific. And he had this huge military thing he'd bring around. Scott failed out of Southern, I think, and then he became a, went into the military. Then he got out, and he's a police officer hmm. in the Inglewood District. And he has a gun, I'm sure, all the time now. But, yeah, I think he's got a daughter now, too. Wow. His mom's gone. But, um... No, so you would hang out with these guys, and you would know that you could win any game that required any any sort of logic, because they just and both the one thing that John and uh, John Gandos and Dinga held account, their parents would, and their mother would do their homework, and they would sign it. So you'd see this math homework coming in; it was absolutely beautiful, and then you'd see this 
God, you know, just this butchered signature at the top. You're like, whoa, what happened? Well, yeah, we just don't want to turn in messy homework, don't do we? Oh, okay. Scott's sleeping it through. There's no way he did this homework. Wow. But then, too, we all got passed through. But you had a class with, like, Dave, you know, rocket science boy, and you got a kid eating, you know, uh, Walt, Ralph Wiggins eating the crayon in the same class. So how do you bridge well, that, that gap? That's about to be a thing now in high school, too. They're, you're just going to pass right through. They are going to pass through? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Well. Is that because of the, the COVID stuff? Uh, it's not necessarily because of that. It's uh, There's a policy going around in many places where if you don't turn in something, you don't get a zero. Because failing is from zero to fifty-nine. Uh, There's too many ways to fail, so you should be getting a fifty percent if you don't turn something in. And that's a thing that's going around. Some places have adopted it, and others haven't yet. But eventually, I think everybody will adopt that at the high school level. So, if you have a big essay that you know is worth twenty percent of your grade, you could choose. Just to not do it, you'll get a 50%. If you don't like writing and you don't want to put in the amount of time it's going to take. Oh, so you don't get a zero, you get a 50. Yep. So that actually helps your average by not. Well, it it doesn't help your average, but if you're. Well, it won't hurt as much as a zero. It's not going to hurt as much as a zero. A zero can take you out if you only have a few big projects. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, Japan, played some soccer. I was, I was not, not on the, the basketball, basketball team. I had no interest in basketball. basketball. Um, I was, it was it was a full... I was, I was always a kid that was hanging out in school a lot, though. Because we were only half a block in school. So I was always shooting hoops down there. And got to run into a bunch of Gozaros. You know, because we, we had a large class. And so some of these kids, like Chris Montana, came from like eight or nine kids. It was like, you know, cheaper by the dozen. They're, that house, it was like kids are pulling out of every window the stinking place. He could fill the whole baseball team, just family members. It was crazy. And uh, there was a lady down there. She gave us Hinkling Schmidt water. So it would be roasting. And, again, now not like, and i got to say, not as hot as it is here now. When you're a kid in the summer, they were never days like we're having now where it's just. Well, it wasn't even air. We had one air-conditioned yeah. room in our house. Did you have, right. So you had a window unit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were talking about this with Jim. The, um. We, we had a choice. I think I was in like, this is definitely 70s, so this would have been like 73, 74. Go on a family vacation or get central air. Oh. And so we as kids are like, whoop, going to love that vacation, man. We're going to rock it hard. And my mom, nope, <laughs> air conditioning, because she was cooking, making these cakes all day. And she was, I don't know how she did it. She's literally slaving over a hot stove, making cake when it's 100 degrees out with, what, a fan? You know, probably sucking the air out the window. I kind of remember this window fan. You turn it reverse, and it would suck the heat out. Allegedly, we had one air conditioner in the front and one air conditioner in the back, and you just closed all the other doors during the day. Wow, yeah. So we had central air. I think before a lot of other people did. Mm, yeah, we didn't have central air till. But yeah, it was weird. Like we say, in the car, we never had air. It was always four eighty, four open windows. You just prayed for. But I don't really think it was that hot. I just, I don't recall it like dying. Like literally, not when I'm in a car without air conditioning. I am roasting. I am like. I, don't I think I remember work. some really hot heat waves in, like, the 90s, but as a kid, I don't remember. Yeah, as the 70s, that's what I'm saying. Like, like literally, we'd be playing soccer or whatever at 6.30 every night. Dave, Dave and his dad, we'd go out there and play baseball or soccer, and we would just be roasting and sweating and everything. We'd go to this lady's house, knock on the door, 
and she'd have a gallon, empty gallon water jug, and we could fill up her Hinkley and Schmidt, and we'd have a gallon of water. Nice. Yeah, it was really nice of her. I was like, whoa. You think about that later, it's like, wow. But I guess she used to watch us out the window and you know, laugh at us or whatever, give her some entertainment. But, yeah, crazy. Well, they used to freeze that field across from me in Lions. They used to freeze it for the winter so we could go out there and skate. The, uh, we had a summer home, and my mom taught me how to skate, kind of. But I had to, like, use her skates. I don't think I ever had kids' skates. I was using adult skates with, like, you know, hmm. socks rolled up in there. Not exactly, you know, prime. Um, yeah, we have out here, there's ponds that freeze over, and they'll put up a sign that says you can go on the pond now or don't go on the pond now. And so it's pretty cool. We played hockey out there with my kids and a couple of adults dressed in hockey equipment to play goalie. Wow. Yeah, so that was pretty fun. Well, you're out here on the edge of civilization. I mean, this is pretty much, you know, the great weather. Indians out here, Steve. You know, we talked about Indians and gypsies last week on our episode. Native you know, Americans. Yeah, Native Americans. <laughs> Indians out. Well, not yes, not that, not yes, yes. Indigenous people. I'm sorry, Steve. Not Indian. Well, they're Indian. Wait a minute. They're still Indians. I think they're right. I think you can still call a Native American an Indian. Is that offensive? I know we in school we would say Native American. Okay. As a high school teacher, that's what we would have to say. But I didn't mind saying it. I didn't. Yeah. Mark, you're old enough. You get a buy. I do. I think I do. Okay. I get a mulligan on that. Yeah. So whatever, whatever you say I mean, is well, not I mean, Indian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what, what separates, separates it out. I guess I didn't have too many of either one of those uh, growing up, and or cowboys, white bread. Yeah, right. <laughs> Don't want to scream against any cowboys out there. Uh, you you living on the ranch? It's uh, now cow people. Yeah, yes, you don't want because you don't want to discriminate women because uh, women can guy. catch cows too. Yes, yes they, they can. can. They yes, are I've heard that women wrangle. Yeah, if they want to, do whatever we want. This is. <laughs> Yeah, I don't well, think we're if ca- if if cow is female and boy is male, then don't they cancel, cancel each, each other out? Cowboy. I I would uh, say cattle person would be the good way of right, making right. sure you're not offending cattle, steers, bulls. I think rancher has a lot of overtones of you know. Just being on a taking ranch. over to people whose land and stuff. You're ranching on somebody else's land, so I think. Stick with, with cattle person, and you'll probably be fine. And that time, I didn't digress at all. I, I think it was those guys digressing. I'll stick with Native American, thank you. Probably a good time to wrap uh, this up. Thank you again uh, for all your donations. We have a sponsor here, Holy uh, Monty Python's Holy Grail. <laughs> uh, ding, 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 ding. Uh, we're going to have a product placement. <laughs>